Blog Talk Radio. It's Monday night, and that means a brand new episode of Graphic Policy Radio, the show that mixes comics, geekdom, and politics. This is the show for folks who appreciate that former President Andrew Shepard has found work in movies and thinks his casting as Hank Pym is an interesting choice. I just wonder if there's a role of uh, for Senator Bob Rumson and possibly as the villain. Um, as mm-hmm. always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alana. How you doing? Hello. I yeah, I need to stop laughing when I do those. No, it's fine. It's part of the charm. Uh yeah, so I don't know if you if you saw it, it broke at like noon or three o'clock or so. I I'm still no, I didn't know if it was P, uh Pacific or Eastern. But um Michael Douglas has been cast as Hank Pym for the Ant Man film. Michael Douglas. Yes. Like the guy who's like Older. Yes. <laughs> That's really That's just weird. Yeah, well... He's a so good actor, they, but that's really weird. Yeah, so they announced um, Paul Rudd got cast as Ant-Man. But yeah. they never never announced who it was, though. Like, was it Scott Lang or was it Hank Pym? So, uh, yeah, so there was, like, all this speculation as to who it would be in... in which character was so? I uh, today yeah. it was Marvel kind of wrapped that up, which was not what I was expecting. So it was, uh, it was kind like of it's a. It's going to be a legacy. They're going to treat it like a legacy character, basically. I would think so. I mean, my my guess is it's going to be Hank Pym's going to be the one that creates Pym particles, and then Scott Lang somehow like steals it and gets the abilities, which is similar to one of the Marvel stories. And there's been hints that that was kind of the basis of the comics, so it it is at least interesting. I, I so the only thing my it sounds horrible. So my initial thought is wow, they're clearly going for a certain demographic by that casting and it's probably the older yeah. parents trying to rope them in because I don't know if you know is that Robert Redford is in Captain America too as like a senator really? Yeah, he's either a senator or he is a like a high high shield uh, representative, I don't remember which. Uh-huh. And I don't. With, realistic for someone of his age, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally realistic. So, like my with that, and then with Michael Douglas, I'm sitting there being like, all right, clearly they're trying to like wrap up the couple sec- uh, sectors that they're slightly weak in. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like. Uh, yeah, no, isn't... I think you're right. You know, I. My I, my uh, brother takes my dad, and sometimes my mom, but usually my dad, just to see the superhero movies, and my dad never seems to enjoy them. I don't know how my brother successfully takes them, <laughs> to them time and again, if he's just going to complain about it. Um, I feel like it's got like a little Statler and Waldorf from the Muppet Show phenomenon going on over there. But, um, I mean, like I said, my dad's not a big superhero guy. Uh, but maybe having some of those actors who they, you know, know and love maybe helps with getting them into the theaters a bit more. Um, and I certainly see nothing wrong with having older actors in there, just so long as they're like, I don't know, I don't want it to be like he just shows up to be Jor-El, you know. That's just not enough of a Yeah, mention. you need to have some, like that, some sort of a meaty role. But, yeah. Yeah, I would like it to, yeah, exactly, to have a real role. And there's plenty of interesting older characters in the comics. You know, all, almost all of them are white men. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, there's um, 
definitely stuff for them to do. But I think you're right. I think that's why they're casting those guys in those roles. Uh, you know, and and the other is like I gotta give it props to Marvel that they are able to get so many award winners and nominees for their movies. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Well, you know, I think I, we've actually essentially heard it from the people themselves. Like everyone wants to have a doll made of themselves, or something <laughs> that the grandkid can watch them in. And I think that that's one of the ways they're able to get folks in. This is a goal of mine. I've I've determined that this is a complete legal. I want a toy of myself. Hmm. It's possible. You can well, do it. You can, we actually know you someone can... who can do that for you, but it wouldn't be a <gasps> you know, it wouldn't be a group release. Oh. I'll take one up. I've decided I'm just gonna take a I'm just gonna take Marvel Girl and put some glasses on her and say it's me, so <laughs> this works. We'll, get, we'll we'll find yeah, we'll get some glasses from I guess it's a Karen Page and put them on sixties Marvel Girl and all I'll tell them it's me. <laughs> so, uh so actually the the intro is a good uh, it's a good uh, way to move into the, the first topic. So we have yeah. a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, and something that we've talked about a bunch on the show, and it kind of hit me and it rather it irritated me. Um, so Dan Buckley is the Marvel Entertainment president and publisher of print animation digital. And he did an interview with uh, ICV2, and I actually have the, the article from Hollywood Reporter is where I saw it. And uh, he responded to uh, criticism that the creative direction of Marvel's comic output is guided by the studios, uh, which generally I don't, I don't have an issue with. But yeah. he goes yeah. and says, you know, in order to help the print business, we need to get as many people as possible excited about the content we're delivering to them. And the less confusing it is for them to engage in our product, the more success we're going to have. That I don't necessarily have an issue with of streamlining the product and making it easier to find starting points. My issue is yeah. that he thinks that the movies and television show are driving people to the comics when there's at most only short-term gains. My bigger issue is the fact that they don't advertise the comics at all in the movies or uh, on the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. Like other yeah. than the fact that yeah. unless you knew Marvel Comics existed, you wouldn't have a clue comics are still printed weekly. Oh, exactly. I am sure there are people who go to the theaters and watch comics movies and think comics aren't printed anymore. Yeah. Oh, I, I've had this discussion with a few people, and they're like, no, people don't think that. I'm like, no, they, they do. No, people think that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's true. Like, you know, rather than having so many Avengers titles that no one knows the name of and claiming that one of them is supposed to be, um, you know, uh, more closely related to the movie world, even though it's actually not in any way closer to the movie world, although it is very good, um, you could just advertise the thing that you own and the other thing that you own. I don't understand why they don't do that. It is beyond me. It's it's baffling. I don't. So I mean, it, it's it's a little bit easier to do it in the movies than in television show. I mean, television show you've got an hour to do your thing. You know, every second is precious and eats into money and stuff like that. So maybe the conversion isn't there. But movies, there's no reason you can't have quickly on the screen. Uh, find out more about Thanos or Guardians of the Galaxy or the Avengers. Go to uh, read.marvel.com com or just marvel.com mm-hmm. or whatever and have people check it out or even better have freebies at the at the at movie the theater theaters. 
that are much that more. That have an ad on them that tell you how to find your like closest local comic book store or how to download it from the web. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I I go to the movies for for the comic movies opening day, if not midnight release, because I'm a geek and I love that experience. And um, I have never seen a comic promoted at any of these. Now the hilarious is I've gone back to that theater weeks later and have seen what was supposed to be freebies, I think, given out. Uh-huh. But I've never actually seen them, no matter the theater I go to, those actually being given out with the movie itself. Like, buy a ticket, here's your free comic, which is the best one. I've recently been re-watching some of the old Gem and the Holograms cartoons. And nice. in the Gem and the Holograms cartoons, in the 80s, the rock band is promoting uh, their like album or something like that by handing out copies of their album when people go to pick up tickets for the show. Okay? So if somebody who's writing a cartoon for small children that is like not doesn't even make sense, it's a cartoon for kids, knows this very basic marketing idea. I don't really understand why we're explaining ourselves to professionals in the year two thousand and fourteen. I I can't explain it. Um to me, it just seems like such a, a simple thing that can't get done. Um, as, as Jem would say, it's truly outrageous. It's truly, truly, <laughs> truly outrageous. Whoa, Jem. Uh, so I, I don't know. I do think that, that would be one of the tough questions we would ask any studio person at Marvel, but also anyone on the publishing side of it, like, have you thought of asking Disney that maybe they'd like to keep you afloat by like, yeah. giving out some of your books? That to me, that's the so my take on it, and it's complete speculation. Is all they care about is comic side of things breaking even or being a slight loss? Because in the end, it is a very cheap IP generator for movie yeah. studios, and it mm-hmm. probably makes a small profit with all of the tie-ins and the toys and uh, yeah. the. Yeah. Uh, bed sheets and all that stuff. So in the end, it's mm-hmm. profitable as an IP generator, but the comics themselves are a loss leader. Yes, that is actually an argument that a friend of mine has made to me before, um, but he wasn't making it as an excuse for why they do what they do. He was using it as an excuse, to, I'm sorry, he was using it as a reason to explain why DC Comics are just that stupid for relaunching their entire story in history. He's saying, why are they trying to do this anyway? Comics are a loss leader. There should be an idea studio, blah, 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 blah. So I, even if that's true, and I do think that's true, why would you deliberately undermine your ability to sell comics? Like if you make ink, but, you know, like it's like a, don't go to war with people who buy ink by the barrel or however the saying goes, or perhaps in this case it's, um, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you own the materials yeah. for promoting this. Why aren't you using them? That's just beyond me. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it really baffles me. I mean, we've talked about it every so often. I brought it up because IDW seems to be one of the few companies that actually gets it in that they are working with their toy companies that they have licenses with and making it easier to find the comics of the toys. Um, yep. trying to tie them, in together, tie them all together. So I'm like, I give props to them as a company that is trying stuff new and seeing what works doesn't work. But, I mean, is it really that unheard of to just throw up a URL on a on a website? Like, for a while, it was the hottest thing to do on TV. It's like 
every television show you'd watch, there would be some URL on the screen. Um, now it's yeah. hashtags for everything. Yeah, I was going to say they do hashtags for everything now. Yeah, I mean, it's... But, yeah, it's ridiculous and inept. I don't know. I don't understand it. We do have to get someone to answer that question. I think one of our plans for the 2013... Sorry. One of our plans for 2014 should be finding someone who can answer that question for us. Well, better gonna, yet, who will listen gonna, to us and maybe ask yeah. someone who can do something about it. <laughs> I'm just going to hijack a presser at some point and throw that out there. Yeah, let's do it. They would be completely surprised that we weren't hijacking it for completely other reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, graphic policy, are you sure you're not here to tell me that I'm sexist? It's like, yeah. that no, and no. That, that's true, but also we need to know. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess what? would bring us to our next story. Uh, yes, so the next story. Image Comics. Yeah, so uh, Image has decided to do their own... Uh, convention every year, and they do a whole bunch of releases, and it's cool. Like, it, it, I've mad props for them doing it. Putting out conventions is not easy. Uh, it's called the Image Expo, and it happened last week. And um, yeah, so forget all the announcements, and there was a lot of them, and there were some impressive ones. The big story that really came out of it, and it was a long discussion on Twitter, and kind of overtook stuff, and was a big post on a few websites was, is Image a bunch of white dudes? So there was a photo taken of the creators on stage. And all it was, other than one woman, was a bunch of white dudes. Yeah. Not even and any. I think... The, well. Yeah. There was nothing. Like, I don't think there was... Someone that was... Yeah. Everyone clearly looked white, because they are all, like, pale, geeky white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was not even a tan among them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think the one woman up there was Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, who does Pretty mm-hmm. Deadly for him. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah, so it became a huge discussion online um, with some people, you know, sort of standing up for image. Um, so I'm going to do I'm going to do the pro image argument, and then okay. I think we'll quickly get into the why that's a bullshit argument. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, yeah, so this one uh, was brought up by Jimmy Robinson. I think it was Jimmy Robinson. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's right or wrong. A writer? He's, he's, a, he's a writer, yeah. He's done a whole bunch of yeah. stuff for Image. I'm sorry, yeah. So he's done a whole bunch of stuff for Image. Uh, minority. Um, has been there for 15 years. Why wasn't he on stage? So actually the person that I want to talk about is uh, Rob Gil- Gilory, uh, who does Chew. And his comment was that Image is a open submission process, that there's no way to know gender, you know, in theory you shouldn't know gender or race or any of that stuff. Um, anyone can submit, and it just so happens that, you know, this is the type of stuff they're running. However, the people on stage are, and this is why I'm calling it bullshit, is everyone on stage was a generally a very well-known personality. So it was, you know, Rick, uh, the type of people that were announcements up there were about, like, Rick Remender or Nick Spencer or people who had been long-term image creators. Um, so they purposely chose who was on that stage to really push them for this year. And all their announcements, there were some female characters, but for the most part it was the generic stuff that you'd expect a lot of white dudes, uh, not just creating, but actually comic characters. The reason I'm calling bullshit on this is image... You know they they uh, and it was argued in this thread that's on that's on um, the beat is you know sh- someone said it's not that hard to find minorities just go into any artist alley someone from Image needs to show initiative 
and go out and mm-hmm. find some of the great talent that some of these it's there is a perception that these people aren't going to get accepted, so why are they bother even going for it? And I would argue if Image is really pro creator that they need to go do exactly that and go out to an artist alley and find one, you know, one or two projects uh, for women, see how it goes, push it. Uh, it's not that difficult. You can do it. You go to San Diego Comic Con, go to New York Comic Con, go to Baltimore Comic Con. There is you. It's the pick of the litter when it comes to yeah. uh, independent creative talent. I mean, it's crazy the amount that's out there. Um, so that's mm-hmm. my why I'm calling bullshit on this argument that it's because yep. it's a a submission only company. Yeah, that's laughable. It's laughable. I mean, you have to tell people that there's a place for them because the whole society isn't telling them that there isn't. So why would it occur to them that this was some place that they could submit and that they'd actually be taken seriously, especially if their work is different from, like, what's the assume, you know, what's the generic assumptions of what style, how style might be? And on top of it, like, here's the thing. There are all of these, I mean, people of color and women who are doing really interesting stuff that aren't as famous or known as the guys who are on the stage. And what you're supposed to do is choose some that are really freaking talented and just put them on the same stage as the famous people. And that's what you do. I organize conferences in my sector um, a lot. It's like a big thing. I organize a lot of conferences for people who are doing progressive movement work, activism, and stuff like that. And when we find someone who is a young person or a person of color or, you know, someone who's from an underrepresented group and they're really freaking smart, even if you haven't heard of them, I put them on the panel. And I put them on the panel with someone who may be more famous than them or someone who's maybe more well-known. And that's how these people who are not as well-known yet get to be better known. And next thing you know, they're a big deal too. It's not that hard. You just have to spend a little bit of time identifying who the talent is, which is and then just put them on the stage. Because it is, you know, for example, I mean, in it, they have, like, some fantastic female talent already. They should have just put some of those people on the stage, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, you know, like, putting them on the stage confers sort of dignity and respect to their work, and it says what she is doing is just as awesome as what he is doing. So yep. that's like how you would show that this is a company that people who aren't just white dudes should submit their work to. And that's how you raise the prominence of the full stable of your artist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. I mean it uh the the thing that I think is interesting is that clearly the people that are on the stage were were there for a reason. Like this wasn't a we're bringing up every single one of our creators because they did it. They brought up um, well, three, yeah. six, nine, twelve, fifteen, about like eighteen people or so. So that's a pretty hand picked eighteen group of folks. Um and it wasn't even like the originators of the of the imprint that were up there. It was a bunch of the the newer talent. Uh, a lot of the announcements were around these folks, which is smart. Like you know, you should be announcing it. But like, why wouldn't you? To me, like, why wouldn't that be part of your message of the year? Like you, yeah. we all know this is an issue of of the industry. If your big thing is to like really reinvigorating, we're going after the top two. Why wouldn't you make that part of the story and not even like throw it out there? Just to have a bunch of women, some minorities, whatever. Like pep, you know, I hate to say pepper it through the 
the crowd and um, and make it noticeable to the point that everyone else picks up on it. Yep, exactly. And why wouldn't you try to raise the profile of artists and writers in your own stable? Yeah. You know, I mean, featuring them like that is a way to confer that they're a big deal. So just do that, you know? Yeah, yeah I would like to hear from Image more. I mean, one of the rules that we have at, 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 at conferences in my, in my, you know, like in, in our in our end of the world, is yeah. you're not allowed to propose a panel that's only white dudes. Like, you're not yeah. allowed to propose that panel. I've actually been screwed by that um, rule. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, wh- that's the thing, right? So if you know how to do that, like, then why can't they just think about it strategically when they're putting together material and just ask themselves, is this picture going to end up on that Tumblr called All White Dudes? Yeah. And if it I is, mean, try harder. I mean, to me, that the funny part is, like, this was one of the largest discussions to come out of it, and that's a PR fumble. That is a huge um, PR fumble. You know, and the especially when I'm so, sitting here with this like image freebie book that I got in my box. Um, did you get the image freebie book? I think so. What was the freebie book? It's just like eyes for image. It's like some samples from their new books that are going to be coming out. No, I don't think nothing, I got that. Who knows? Nothing really grabbed me. I'm going to give it another read. I mean, and I read plenty of stuff by image. This is just, I guess, promotions of whatever the new books are that haven't come out yet. Nothing really grabbed me, but I'll give it another read. Um, but yeah, like they're trying to promote their new stuff. Like they have a whole book out just to promote. Here's the new, you know, here's the new goods. So it's they are trying to tell people like check out their new material. Yeah. So the. Uh, Allison Baker is one of the co-founders and co-publishers of Monkey Brain. Um, she's also a Politico like us. She actually works for Joe Slade White. Um, so she for kicked who? off uh, for Joe Slade White. Out of, I don't know. Uh, uh, they do a lot of like ads. Um, actually, uh, it's a Buffalo company, so I'm really familiar oh, with them. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Just, but they're, they're nationally known. Like it's a pretty. Mm-hmm known company. So uh, she actually does work for Joe Slade White. So yeah, she actually wrote an article for uh, CBR and sh- and I just saw it a little bit before the show. Um, so that's why I didn't get a chance to show it to you. But they, uh, she brings up the fact of like, and she brings up that in you know, there's no way in hell we would ever do this um, because, you know, it, you know, image isn't against diversity, but the issue with the picture and the perception that's coming out of it is they just don't care about it. Um, yeah. And 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 a lot, you know, the company does have this, so you know, it's it creates a perception issue for the company. As I said, like you and I just said, it's a PR fail. It's a massive PR fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they have some high-profile stuff being done by women, at least right now. I don't know, I don't know about people of color, but I do know that they have a lot of high-profile stuff being done by women right now. Why wouldn't they be bragging about that? I mean, yeah. Fiona Staples is like the biggest darling in the industry. Everyone's talking about Pretty Deadly, and that has two female. I mean, that's, that team is like all female, basically, right? Um, Rocket Girl. Like, there's yeah. so much stuff they could be bragging about, and that's gotten attention, you know. Um, it's really strange to me. I, I don't know why they're not noticing it. Um, yeah. You'd think that it would be a different 
amount of awareness about this now. I'm curious to see. We'll keep an eye on it one year later. What does the stage yeah. look like next year? I think the fascinating will be, and the big test for me will be San Diego Comic-Con at what what folks are pushed uh, how and where. Um, it would be, it'll be fascinating to see what publisher picks up on this and is intelligent enough to uh, take advantage of the perception and flip it. Yeah, yeah. I really feel like, you know, we talked about Boom really making a point of showing that. And, and, and I mean, speaking of Boom, like I've already, uh, this week will mark the 12th Women of Boom article uh, on the site yeah. where we, we talk to you, female staff of Boom, and I've got another, like, 20 articles to run. Oh, wow. So I've got something like five months worth of those to go, and I, I mean, they constantly are getting new talent and stuff like that. So there is a possibility I could go the entire year and uh, not run out of people for them. I mean, they're smart in how they're doing it. And also, you know, they really made their name by uh, featuring work for people who are known on the web, right? Yeah, I mean, they... One of the roots for having more diverse art styles, even, you know? Yeah, they seem to go out of their way to look for people on the, the web that they think uh, um, that could fit. And then, the, you know, they give them... It seems like they give them tests in the back of the books and give them, like, a couple pages to try out and short stories and see how those go. And they nurture talent. Like, they, uh, they're one of the few companies that I think is really, really nurturing, nurturing uh, well and seeing who's good and who's not. I mean, they opened up an entire imprint that is going to be taking a lot of those folks from Adventure Time, which uh, is a lot of female creators, and giving them the ability to just do go crazy with creator-owned stuff. Um, Ryan North was the first release with uh, Minus, Minus Flesh. Um, which came out in December, I think it was. Um, and a lot of the other Adventure Time team is either on that or is doing their own books. So, I mean, it, it's a, a company that's clearly sitting there and saying there's these really solid creators of all shapes, sizes, gender, uh, race, everything, and we're just we're looking for great talent, and we want diversity because diversity also brings diverse stuff out there for people to enjoy. Well done, well said. Yeah, it's it's and there's a re- I, like so I I I in my best of the year name boom the the best publisher, and that's part of the reason yeah. I did it was the fact that they are doing that. Um, Two Guns did really you know fairly well for their first movie. They've actually signed a deal with 20th Century Fox where they are kind of giving them a first look, but they have the ability to mine all the property. Twenty first, twenty first, Century Fox. Um, yeah. Uh, has so we can do comics of those, um, and bought Arkea. They have a new print. Like it's one. Of, it's a company that's showing with diversity, with smart creation, with uh, with planning and finding good talent. Like you can actually succeed. Um, uh-huh. So I you know, I had to throw in props. Like that's it's awesome to be able to cheer them on and uh, and uh, you know see them do well because of it. So. 
I'm off my horse. No, right on, right on. Um, yeah, it's good to it's good to talk about that and let people know. I hadn't been yeah, aware of them, you know, until they began doing the Adventure Time. So there's still mm-hmm. a lot of folks who might not be familiar with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, for folks who don't, you know, for Boom, they do Adventure Time, regular show, um, uh, some solid uh, licensed books, but they also have some great uh, 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 original comics that's actually uh, fairly good with creators as far as deals. Um, you know, the, uh, they're they're doing it right. So, you know, mad props to them and encourage folks to check out. Um, I know a lot of people who are uh, risk-adverse when it comes to checking out new comics, so... Uh, it, it's one to pick something up and see how it does. Speaking of trying new comics, yes, shall we take a look at a couple of the new comics series that have launched this past uh, month or whatever? I, I'm specifically thinking of um, all new X Factor and mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow. Yep. Yeah. Wow, we we're like flowing perfectly from one conversation to the next on topics. We're just masters of segues. Yes. It's, we're, we're, we're rocking it on this episode. So, yeah. So, uh, Marvel, uh, for folks that don't know, so Marvel has their new initiative. It's the all-new Marvel Now, um, not to be confused with Marvel Now, which was their last yeah, initiative. Yeah. Very creative in that. Uh, so, yeah, so they're relaunching a whole bunch of series with number ones. They also have, for uh, ongoing series, instead of renumbering them, they are marking them with the dot .now um, um, I don't even know what you call it. Kind of affixed to the to the number. They might have a number one on it, but it's actually not like the first issue. It might be sixteen issue sixteen, but this is the number one. This is one to start with because uh, it's the all new Marvel one, uh, all new Marvel yeah. now pick off. So it's fairly smart. <sighs> Uh, but they actually have some I don't debuts. like the idea of putting an extra one on it. That's just too many numbers. What they should have done is had a little logo thing that would say "Start Here." Yeah, that would be the smarter, but uh, I, I saw, I see where they're going with it, so I'm throwing them props on that at least. Mm-hmm. It definitely could be clear. Uh, so yeah, so this past week was uh, there only one, technically one week into it, two weeks into it, something like that, um, and they had some debuts, a bunch of debuts. Um, two of them are comics that we are have been looking forward to. Um, the first being, let's start, I guess, which do we want to start with, Black Widow or, or All New X Factor? Sure, Black Widow. Let's start with Black Widow. Alrighty, so Black Widow, uh, the creative team is uh, Nathan Edmondson and Phil Neto. So Edmondson's doing the writing and fairly uh, talented writer, and Phil Noto's on the art. Um, let's start with your thoughts. Phil Noto is such a good artist. I mean, anything that he's going to be drawing, I'll always at least give it a look because he's just spectacular. His pencils are so much more sensitive and just beautiful than like almost anything out there. Uh, the color washes are just amazing. Um, I love the way he draws people. He's got amazing handling of, of light in all of his pictures. Um, and everyone's super go- everyone is super gorgeous. I mean, not everyone. Like, the people who are supposed to be super gorgeous are super gorgeous. I guess that's a good thing, too. He doesn't make everybody super gorgeous, like in real life. Um, it's just very beautiful and unique. His style is very unique. And it's definitely the kind of comics art that I think you can show someone who doesn't really like comics art and say, hey, look at this. This is pretty, right? And no one's going to say no. Everyone's going to say, yeah, that is pretty. That does look nice. 
Um, so I think it's new user friendly in that way for sure. Um, in terms of the script, it's fine. You know, I, I think I see. I don't know. When I saw the the header, I kind of thought it was going to be going for kind of a James Bond thing. Um, I love the cover page. I mean, I think that this cover page, Agent Adventure Assassin Black Widow number one, feels like a movie poster to me. I think they're going to probably publish it and sell a lot of prints of that um, for your for your office or home. Uh, Story wise, it was fine. You know, I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll keep reading it. Um, I, 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 they have her keep talking about like how she'll never atone for all the bad things that she's done, and I feel like that's something which they kind of have as an ongoing theme for the character a bit, and yet you always feel like, what did you do really anyway? Like, you know, I don't, she doesn't, she seems a bit uh, over, beaten up over, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's no. completely different dark paths that I somehow don't really see, but. I'm kind of with you. I mean, the so, like, I love the comic. Um, I thought the story was cool. The art is amazing. I think the the art's stronger than the story. Uh, the story is yeah. you know really cool and it's fun and it's got a good like movie on movie done as a comic vibe to it. Um, Definitely, but like, like even the compositions, everything's widescreen. Yeah, the so I'm kind of with you in that the her tone is very dour and she's very like I must atone for everything. But if you kind of paid attention to her in even in uh, Adventures Assemble, which we talked about briefly a couple of weeks ago, this her tone and yeah, it's it's not her tone in any other book. Um, so character-wise, I think it's a little it's a little abrupt for folks that have been following it for a really long time. It makes sense character-wise, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't match. I think anything, any of the other depictions. I mean, I always think of her as having, certainly having a dark personality. She's certainly not going to be cracking jokes or being silly or anything, but I don't view, I view her as being more dour, removed, and contained. I don't think of her as being super, you know, I'm a bad person and I must repent. Like, that's just not what I think of her. I think no, she I, takes I, herself very seriously. She takes what she does very seriously. She wants to do the right thing. Um, she's probably, I think that she thinks that she usually does, which I guess would be a distinction, right, from this. Um, yeah. yeah. I, so, so the attitude I always I always picked up on her, uh, or the way I kind of predict, uh, uh, thought her, was being like a very serious Eastern European, because she's Russian, so kind yeah. of like that stereotypical Eastern European, really tough uh, hard to get kind of an emotional read um, uh, that you'd see in movies and like Bond films or anything like that. Like that was always how I, I pictured her, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like yeah. she was serious. She was like she wasn't. Uh, de- it's almost depressing. It's her tone, um, but she was a serious person. But like, uh. wasn't at any point like feeling horrible about her actions. Like every every other depiction that I remember. It was always like, eh, it's part of the job. This is what I do. I'm just a kick-ass person. Um, yeah, exactly. She's like, you know, I I feel like she sort of was thinking, which is, you know, what I was had always read it to be is, you know, I was young and I was serving my government, and that's what I thought we were supposed to do. And, I, you know, I was exposed to the wider world, and I realized that this was wrong, and I 
you know, I left and now I'm doing what I think is right. Like that was sort of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I I like this version. Like you could do a lot with it and can do some cool stuff, but it just doesn't, it doesn't quite fit what we've seen. The other books, what we've seen. But that's okay. I mean, maybe like this is something you can give to someone who's never read. I mean, Actually, here's something. There's nothing superhero-y. There's, there's nothing that says that this is part of the broader DC, I'm sorry, Marvel Universe. This is, really feels like it's completely isolated, standalone. You know, you don't even need to say that she's even on any of these teams that they mention. Like, it doesn't even matter. This mm, is definitely yeah. a book that you can read in isolation from the rest of the Marvel Universe. Well, they're being smart. Like, I, I, I clearly can tell that they are taking their lessons from Hawkeye and mm-hmm. may, maybe even Daredevil a little bit, and, is mm-hmm. apl- and they're applying it to this book, in that they can take... Uh, she's not quite an A, she's not a C-lister. I would probably put her in solid B. Uh, you know, B-level character, give them a series. She's only a B. She's only a B if your A's are simply like Spider-Man and Cap. Yeah. Because I think she's yeah, like yeah. right underneath the Spider-Man and Cap level of like... Yeah, I mean, it was definitely boosted. She's pretty, she's pretty iconic for them. Uh, but yeah, she's not Spider-Man or Cap. Yeah, I mean, as far as female... Eh, see, it wasn't until Avengers that I would say that she really broke out. The Avengers movie. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but yeah, really big for her. Yeah, but to me, like, A-level is Cap, Iron Man, Thor, uh, uh-huh. Spider-Man, Wolverine. Uh, so that's why I would put her to be, it's not like a... A is pretty high. Um, but she's definitely one. But she's definitely one of their more prominent female characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say she at this point because of Avengers, she's the prominent female character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's clear that they are they're taking these lessons of the other series and and applying it to this. But I would say the one thing that I thought was interesting is that this depiction, while right for the comics, is totally different than the movies. So I would oh, be fascinated yeah. be fascinated to see someone who only knows her from Iron Man Two and Avengers to pick it up and see what their thoughts are. You know, I think they would read this as her this being a younger her. And I would buy that too. In some ways this comic seems almost timeless. Um it could take place whenever. Um and I think even if you like are thinking about excuse me, Scarlett Johansson's performance of her in the movie, in the Avengers movie, I didn't see Thor. I'm sorry, Thor. I didn't see um, Iron Man 2 because it was obviously bad. It was um, horrible. Yeah, and I just don't go to see bad movies. Um, uh, anyway, but I think if you like just saw her in the Avengers movie and then you read this, I think this would feel like backstory to you. And that's totally fine, actually. That's good. I feel like it could feel like it's the same character, and that it's just during a rougher time in her life when she was just getting her stuff sorted out. It'd be interesting. See what I, I'm yeah, I could see that. I mean, it'd be. Cause, I mean, the, uh, it goes back to what we said earlier, and the we're creating some of these comics to make it easier for um, people in the movies to pick up um, a series. And oh, so here's the whole not to get sidetracked. So in the conversation, uh-huh. uh, the, the Marvel president mentioned 
that they are looking the the plan is they kick off series 18 months before a character gets pushed in the movies and that they did screw up and they didn't get anything out for Thanos in time which is why they rushed Thanos Rising um it's why they're doing this new Thanos gra- graphic novels because he'll obviously be a big deal in uh Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers 2 and all that stuff um or at least they'll get learn more about it and yeah. um so with this, now the question is, Is um, I guess Avengers 2 would be the next big push for her? Uh, if, if if you're going off the the 18 months, Avengers 2 would be about the right thing. So clearly this is, uh, it's a, I mean, it's a good comic, but clearly they're actually thinking ahead. Because one of the complaints from Avengers was there was no Black Widow stuff for people to pick up. Yeah, they really missed, they absolutely missed that. Um yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, they're hopefully they realize her star potential. I mean, I think as a terms of a character with star potential, and not just because it's Scarlett Johansson. Like, I think as a character, she has a ton of star potential. Um, I can just really see men, women, and everyone just being all about her. Um, but I also don't presume that they have their act together and that it actually reflects anything. I hope you're right, but it's just so blindingly obvious that, like, why didn't they have um, the Black Widow series Marjorie Lou did, which was really good, you know, yeah. out in some format for folks to get at that time. Heck, they canceled it. Like, you know, they had some guy who was, like, not any good come on it, and then they canceled it. Yep. Right away. Which I'll say, I mean... That was probably... That was probably my favorite Black Widow thing ever, actually, with Marjorie Lou's little short run. I'm trying to think. I know I read it and really liked it, but I, I like for yeah. some reason it's not sticking out at me, to me. I really need to go to dig and find it. It's it's really good, and you were, we definitely talked about how much we liked it at the time. In some ways, it's not an entirely different Natasha from this. It's just she's definitely... Um, not in a blaming herself phase of things at all when that one is happening. But but anyhow, yeah, so that's good. Maybe this means she'll be more prominent in the next movie or maybe they'll like actually release some toys with her on it, etc. Let's talk about X Factor. All new X Factor. So, yes. Don't confuse it with the old X Factor. This is the all new X Factor. The old X Factor was written by Peter David. The all new X Factor is written by Peter David. Uh, I've heard of him. <laughs> uh, artist is Carmine D. Gian Dominic. G- I'm not going to pronounce it. Gian Dominic. So. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? So this is a definitely a different take on X Factor. I think it's more uh, harkens back more to the old school X Factor where they were uh, working for the government. Yeah. Superhero team. Yeah. Well, it's funny, actually, the book, they say they're the first corporate-owned superhero team, but I'm thinking, that's not true. But maybe I'm simply thinking of comic books that are put out by other publishers. So wasn't the Ecstatics, weren't they supposed to be, like, run by, um, back in the turn of the century, weren't they supposed to be run by, like, a reality TV show or something? There was that. New Warriors did the reality TV. The one that I'm thinking of is is the X-Corps. Like, didn't the X-Men go all corporations and run their X-Men uh, groups? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. But that's okay. 
we can pretend those things didn't happen because whatever, it was a while ago. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the idea of a superhero team run by corporations is a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, I also suspect that Peter David agrees, and that's why I think this book could be interesting. Um, certainly, you know, several industries, this sort of comes off a little bit confusing. The name Servo, like a Servo cat, really also seems to read to me as several, as in they are part of several industries, which I think is sort of sounds a little bit dark and conspiratorial, like, oh, we have several industries. Um, that's certainly how I read it, at least. Did you find yourself? Good, I mean, sorry, did you find yourself researching the cat? As if this no, was I know some about sort of hit. cats already. I know yeah. about several cats already. But I'm glad that you researched several cats. Maybe if you want to... They have a... One thing that people should know may have is that some people who are very misguided have attempted to try to uh, own several cats. Mm-hmm. That's a bad idea. Because they're wild animals and you shouldn't have them in your freaking home. I wonder if that had something to do with some symbolism as well. I don't know. I'm curious about the team... Like, you can tell from the cover it's, and from the book, it's Polaris, it's Gambit, it's Pietro. I like the three of them together. Interesting dynamic. There's some with bubbles coming out of his head. I don't know, maybe it's Cypher? Yep. You think it's Cypher? Yeah, it's going to be uh, Doug Ramsey. It's going to be Cypher. And I think Warlock oh, okay. is the other one. Like, that's a fact? I'm not just guessing? No, I'm pretty sure that's, that's right. Okay, because that's what I figured it was. And then Warlock? Well, Who? Cypher's there. It's oh, got to be Warlock. Uh, the, the alien friend. Interesting. I thought he was something else now. I don't know. I don't know. I like Polaris. She's a character I've always been interested in. I'm a big Quicksilver fan. To the point where I was confused as to why he wasn't in trouble with people at that time. Like, I don't remember him getting out of trouble. I don't, like, I don't remember him getting out of trouble. I don't remember him. This shows you how old and confused I am. I don't remember him getting out of trouble from M-Day, which is approximately was, 14 years ago. Yeah, and I think that was a lot of the references in that he kept on trying to do stuff to fix that, and that he hasn't well, done it. So, so that's what I think Polaris was talking about a lot of the time. Yeah, like, what has he been doing all this time? It feels like nobody wanted to, I don't know, but they didn't say, like, oh, he'd been arrested or he would have been, I don't know. They're talking about her having been arrested because she had a breakdown or whatever. Yeah, she got I don't know. I don't, I don't like Polaris. I don't like, like, Polaris is crazy as, like, a thing. I, like, there's different levels of crazy, right? I don't like, like, oh, Polaris is crazy. I like Polaris as, like, maybe she has manic depression, but it's not, like, you know, huge, epic, let's call it a police manic depression. It's like she's a therapist and takes some pills manic depression. That I can, that, that, that's the Polaris that I think makes sense to me. I don't like her making her, like, be so crazy or unbalanced. It's, like, unrealistic, you know, that she would have been able to do all those things she'd done if she's also periodically, like, I don't know, most of the time she hasn't been portrayed that way either, Right. So, yeah, the, you know, I'm, I'm like all David for them Gator having a character. I'm all for them having a character. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying? I was going to say, it was like, it was later with David brought up kind of her background in history, 
that gave her some more questionable uh, mental issues. But it's just like, I don't want her to be, I want her to be a little crazy, not a lot crazy. Most people are a little crazy. I think it'd be great to have more characters in comics who deal with, I don't know, like routine mental health issues as opposed to exotic mental health issues. So have her have like normal amount of manic depression and a normal amount of eating disorder. It doesn't have to be, you know, epic like I was shooting a gun at people level, right? I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it'd be more interesting because it's more re- realistic and less zany to have her have more of a normal range of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. Well, anyway, that's my opinion on how they should be handling Polaris. Uh, I'm amazed that they have Gambit wearing something that looks kind of like his old outfit when he's doing that break-in in the beginning. How come no I, It's just like the worst superhero costume of all time. Why? What, what is going on with that? Um, I, I would ask Peter that. He's wearing I, I, a pink and blue thing and the face frame. He's wearing a face frame. That yeah, lets his hair flop around. Yeah. Well, at least he's not wearing a trench coat. He's not wearing a trench coat. Are you sure? Um, the art's interesting. I, you know, it's a different style. I think I'm I'm, I'm fine with the art. I, I think the art is better than a lot of the later X Factor issues. Oh, uh, absolutely. Starts, late yeah. X Factor was the sloppiest art. It was so sloppy, and I I got the feeling that the artist and we talked about this. I got the feeling that the artist who did it was perfectly good, but was under some sort of a crazy time schedule or something. Like I just got the feeling it was someone perfectly competent who was told to do like four times as much work as he could within that period of time or something like that. Yeah, this is definitely better than that. It was good. Like I actually, overall, I thought the issue was it was pretty solid. I liked it. I liked it. And it should be. I think I agree with you that it should be fun to see what Peter David does with the actual corporation aspect. Corporation aspect. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting, I don't feel, I feel like he's done, I don't really have a grasp of what his actual politics are, you know? I don't, I feel like he's done stuff with, I feel like he's a lot more comfortable with corporations as a structure than I am, which of course is not surprising. Um, I feel that I don't know. I don't want to draw any conclusions yet. I'm definitely going to keep reading the book. Um, I'm not, but I'm not necessarily sure what I think his take is going to be. I definitely several is supposed to be somehow suspicious in some way, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm waiting for yeah, a split and Serval ends up being a corporation. Evil corporation. I well, yeah, I mean, it. of course, they have to be. I mean, they have to be, right? But here's the only thing, though. Is this going to have enough soap opera? Is it needs, because that's like Peter David. He's really freaking good at soap opera. And so far, I don't really know how much soap opera there's going to be in this book, so we'll have to see. Yeah, but I... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how much of, like, the old factors fits into this. I, I dig it. Like, it's a, it's a new start. Hopefully he gets the audience that he deserves. He's the first writer. He's the first writer. Yeah, definitely. And a really nice guy. And if anyone's wondering... The so sheer quantity of, of X Factor that he's written over the course of these years is quite astounding. 
he has been the writer of so much X Factor. It would really blow your mind. So hold no, he on. was writing it I'm, when I was reading. He was writing it when I was reading it when I was a preteen, and he's writing it now. So, so I'm, I'm trying to find I'm the, trying uh, to Peter David's political weaning. The only thing I find is that he considers progressive views on LGBT issues. Not a shocker. Not a shocker. Well, yeah, he's definitely great on that stuff. No, no question. And he's also been really great that he's had, you know, Muslim characters. He's great on diversity stuff, without a question. I'm, you know, I'm curious on where he stands in terms of, you know, corporation, corporate power and stuff like that. I'm sure he's not conservative, but there's a range of things one could possibly feel aside from being conservative. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see where it comes out. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's actually yeah, challenging he's actually us and our thoughts on corporations and the corporation actually is a benevolent one. Stark Industries, right, which is run by a guy who's definitely a good guy, has a hard enough time keeping itself from doing bad things because of the people who are, like, you know, part of the machinery of making it happen. So I think that says a lot. But anyway, I want to make sure we fit in some time to talk about Young Avengers. Yes. Let's, let's yes. wrap up with Young Avengers. Since Young Avengers wrapped up, let's wrap up with Young Avengers. Young Avengers is the most 2013 comic. It also meant to be. I was reading the like the letter page, and Kieran said that in one of his sign-off pieces that you know he really wanted it to be a very 2013, and it really is. He is right. It is a very 2013 comic book, like the whole series has been, and I mean that in the best way possible. It'll be a wonderful time capsule to look at. I think, you know like 10 years or whatever, I think it'll age well. It'll be time-specific, but in a way that's endearing, not in a way that's stupid. What about the revelation that Young Avengers is the first all-LGBT team? Not technically. I do think that Miss America is making assumptions about Kate, and we'll see, so we don't know. It's ambiguous. I think that that is awesome and would be hilarious if that were true, but I'm not ready to just say that, like, you know, we know for sure about everyone on the team. And additionally, as you said, so, yeah, but I do think that would be kind of amazing. Um, I was reading this issue, and I just really felt like throughout it I could hear the characters' voices, and then I could hear them so specifically much more than I do, even in most comics that I like, I could really hear the voices. And when I say the voices, I mean literally, like, I have a voice in my head for how each of these people is supposed to sound. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. Like, I'm, I'm this, with you. to me, was my favorite issue out of the series. Oh, really? It, it nailed it, it for me. Nailed yeah. It for me. Yeah. Like, just the characters' voices, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little... Okay, so help me figure this out. Does Marvel Boy play Be My Baby, or does he play Let's Get Lucky? I can't tell. I wasn't sure either. I wasn't sure either. Ah! We'll have to tweet it, Karen, because I really feel like I should be able to figure, and I can't... I think he plays Be My Baby, but I'm just not positive, because he sounds like he says he's not going to. So it's like, does he actually, is he boxing up that sentiment to keep it for later? Or is he, and therefore he's just putting on Get Lucky? 
or does he actually put on Be My Baby? That's what I need to know. Also, oh, my God, Becky Cloonan. She's so good. I, I just, she just, she only has a couple of pages of art in this book, and they're just so good. Obviously, Jamie McKelvey is one of my favorite comics artists these days. I mean, he's just outstanding, too. I would love that. Um, it was nice to have a couple pages. Of, if, we were, if we were going to have an issue that had multiple artists on it, and boy, did this have multiple artists on it, um, Becky Cloonan was nice to see in there because I just think she did a lovely job, and she's a wonderful artist. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I think it was a wonderful uh, wrap-up series. Just overall, like, just overall, uh, like uh, it, it captured everything it captured that everything it was supposed to be, and it was, and it was, and it's a great example a great of what Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's such a fun issue. It's so much fun. And my only, I, my only, I like Ming Doyle's art a lot. I don't like her on this book. It was just weird. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. And I've liked her, like, I've seen her, I mean, I've seen her do lots of stuff, and I like her. I just, I don't know, I didn't like these. It just seemed kind of, I don't know, weird. And definitely did not fit with the rest of the art in the book. And then I'm glad that they let McKelvey get the last pages, because this book has been so much his book, you know. Um, it really has been, like, very much his book as well as Karen's, so... Oh, they're all going to go get breakfast now. And we're not going to get to see it. I totally respect that they like they wanted to tell this particular story and this is where it ends, but I'm just so heartbroken that I don't get to see what's next. I think we're going to see what's next. I'm convinced there will be young Avengers. Maybe, sure, but like not now. You know what I'm saying? Not next month. No, but I, I think no, a couple okay. months, months they'll announce something new. It won't be by them. Maybe. Maybe. I've just seen so many teams led astray, you know? I don't know. I'm going to have to start reading Iron Man just to get more Karen Gillan stuff. Here's the thing, right? You know I morally object to Wolverine Origins. So I just don't know if I can read Origins 2. The, the first issue was actually not bad. Actually not bad. Is it telling us the Wolverine past that we shouldn't know? No. No. There's, so far, there's nothing there's shocking. It's, nothing just, shocking. it's just it, it was the first issue was about him in the woods. See, I don't want to know that. <sighs> okay, but enough about my feelings. Back to Young Avengers. Wonderful, like closing issue. Definitely feel like we have some interesting closure on things. You know, I, there's still some open questions. Like I'm still trying to figure out. Wait a minute. If Speed didn't come back wherever he'd been transported to until the end of the issue, then who kissed Kate in the last issue? Yeah, I wondered that. I'm sorry? I I wondered the exact same thing. thing. And I don't know what that's supposed to be. Hopefully Um, we'll find out. We'll find out. They also, of course, think uh, Marvel Boy encourages Brew to go dance with Edie, who we know is now with Quentin. Mm -hmm. I can't decide. She's so great with both of them. Does she have to choose? I mean, hopefully the answer is no, she doesn't have to choose. But she's like, you know, 14. She's too young to make these decisions. But um, 
But I was like, oh, Brew, and ah, so many great characters and character drama woven in there. But gosh, yeah, those few pages that Becky Cloonan did are so lovely. I think the authors who did the stuff after Ming Doyle and before Kieran, I'm sorry, before Jamie McKelvey did a good job of sort of making his style match and fit in with the usual style of the book. Um, definitely be curious to see more of his stuff because his name is uh, Joe Quinones. I, I would definitely um, keep an eye out for him because uh, I liked it, his couple pages. They, you know sort of blended with McAlvey's stuff well, which is good. But, uh, yeah, really outstanding book. This is a series I would try to make everyone read. Um, really one of the highlights of the year, one of the comics I've most looked forward to. Like The two comics that I most look forward to getting in my box every month are FF and Young Adventures. So both are going to be gone. This is a wonderful comic, and this is a good send-off in the end of it. Yep. Uh, yep. I completely agree with you. Folks, we haven't had a chance to yeah, have a chance to absolutely grab the trade when it comes out. Trade trade when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And the older issues are available by um, on the Marvel rental system, or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah. The and I'd like Marvel to say that the ads from Loki, Agents of Asgard... Yeah, I'm not sure. Sure. yeah, I don't know. That book does not. I don't know. That book seems like uh, it's probably not going to be very good. But I want it to be good. I'll definitely pick up issue one unless I hear it's abominable. Yes, agreed. Yes, agreed. So. Yeah. As I guess yeah, the event has ended well, we should well, probably wrap up as well. Indeed. Okay, and that wraps okay. up another yeah, episode of Apocalypse Radio. Radio. You can find us every day or every day at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, other networks. All at Graphic And Yambler, and Yambler, if it existed from Young Avengers, we would also yeah. locate it on Yambler. That was one of my favorite parts of the Until next week, I'm Brett. I'm Ilana. And have a...